We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With US Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. US Bank credit cards are issued by US Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. <laughs> Welcome in to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by FanDuel. It is Friday, December 22nd, 2017 for just another week here. DJ Trainer here joined by Shannon McEwen and Ken K. Train Kreitz. You can follow us on Twitter at TrainerDJ, at RotoShannon, and at Ken Kreitz. You probably already know this, but this podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. Feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues. You know that we'd Please. love to have it. Please. Let's go over the topics for today. No surprises. We're going to go over some top news around the league. Then we're going to kick it into our broad topic of the day. We'll be talking rookie keeper rankings. I'm expecting all three of us to get a little feisty for that one. So if you could only keep one rookie for the rest of your dynasty league season or dynasty league career, I guess, if, if we're going to create a fake league, which one would it be? We're going to spend a lot of time on the top five and then broadly talk about the next 15. Ken will give us his crazy old man rant, and then we'll kick it into our Friday FanDuel pick. So without further ado, Ken, why don't you lead us in some top news of the day? Absolutely. We're going to start, sadly, at Madison Square Garden, where Michael Beasley blew up for 32 points off the bench. 
even though uh, Porzingis did indeed start. And uh, the Knicks beat up the suddenly very beatable Boston Celtics, 102-93. The Celtics are 4-5 and five over their last nine. Gentlemen, should we be getting on the Michael Beasley bus? So I was at a Knicks game a couple weeks ago with some other industry folks, and they were playing Memphis, and Beasley comes in, and he pours in 14 points in like 17 minutes. And I say to the two dudes sitting next to me, I say, Beasley is one of the five or so best scorers in the NBA. I'm like, I'm like I know he's not one of the best players or an, a legit MVP or anything like that, but I'm like, when he's on, he is one of the absolute best scorers in the league. And they looked at me like I was the dumbest person in the world. But these past <laughs> couple weeks, I feel vindicated. Michael Beasley for MVP. He was receiving chants. <laughs> the crowd was chanting him up last night. He poured in 32 points. They were chanting MVP, which Ooh. is hysterical. Two Love out of the that. past three games, he's hit 32 points. The man is unstoppable. Okay, uh, let's uh, get a nice bucket of cold water here for Shannon, <laughs> and then I'll, I'll kind of soothe things over. <clears throat> I mean, you can, <clears throat> excuse me, you can go out there and pick up Beasley wherever you want. Like, you can make a case that you could pick him up, and even in the shallowest of leagues. Because if you think that he's going to continue on this trend, then he's completely valuable, even in the shallowest of leagues. But he's just one of those guys that has burned all of us. We have all utilized fab money on Michael Beasley. Mm -hmm. And I, for one, will not use any fab money on Michael Beasley this year. He will fizzle out at some point this year. That's just kind of what he does as an NBA player. Uh, I'm going to pass. And this is all just on my prior personal history with Sir Michael Beasley. I don't disagree with that. He, but he is he is worth a look in some formats. Over the past thirteen games, Beasley's averaging sixteen and a half points, five point seven rebounds. He doesn't do anything with assists, steals, or blocks, and he doesn't really hit three pointers. But he can give you a decent decent field goal percentage and six, 15, 16 points. That holds value in some leagues. Very few leagues, but. He can give you how some bad, value. How bad is the Tim Hardaway, the Timmy Hardaway injury? Is, is that that getting Beasley also some minutes boost? Yeah, I mean it doesn't hurt, right? In terms of usage, you would think that it was going to go at least at the beginning of the season to Porzingis, to Cantor, to Hardaway, and not much room for anybody else. But obviously, that has not been the case. Courtney Lee has kind of stepped up and taken a lot of the the scoring load so far this year, Shannon. Yeah, I would just argue if if it's Beasley, if you're looking for a score a short term scoring punch, he's worth considering in like fourteen team leagues. But you also he's also the type of player that as soon as it ends, as soon as he gets his next DNP or something, just drop him. But at a short term ad, sure, maybe. You know, you know what drove me crazy? He got twelve boards last night. I was like, We're being out hustled by Michael frickin' Beasley. <laughs> this is making me so bad. If you're a first-time listener to the pod, Ken Kreitz is a Celtics fan, so that's why Shameless. he opened the pod out with Shameless some sad Celtics, news yeah. and saying us when you're talking about the Celtics. Uh, quick update on Tim Hardaway, since you asked, Ken. Um, we at Rotowire do real-time individual player notes, and currently Tim Hardaway's note is unlike any I've ever seen since I've been here at Rotowire or reading Rotowire. Listen to this, guys. Hardaway, who's been dealing with a leg injury, has been cleared for, quote, little jumps 
in his rehab, <laughs> but has yet to begin running. I have never Who's seen the guy that. In charge? Who's the guy in charge of making sure he doesn't jump more than six inches? Right. Ah, 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 stop. Ruler on the ground. He got to six <laughs> inches. Yeah, I, I've never seen that before. That's little true. jumps. We write almost a quarter of a million player notes a year, and I'll bet that's the, the first time we've ever used the phrase little jumps. Little jumps. Um. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years of, of, of player notes. Quarter um, of a million. Little yeah. jump. I, I think that's hysterical, but uh, kudos to him. So if you ask Ken, and the answer is specifically little jumps is where, where he's Startle. at in his recovery. I want to ask you, Ken, and Shannon, really, um, we've, we have this big bet going on, and no surprise, listeners of the pod know that we bet on something almost every single podcast, but this is one of our bigger bets of the season. It's basically who's going to have more wins this season, the Celtics, uh, who are Ken's favorite team, the Thunder, who are my favorite team, and Shannon got the Pistons, and we also gave you, what, nine games? Not um, like 12 games. It was not no. 12 games. We'll yes. go back and look at it. But it was a substantial amount of games. Look now, it up. You, to begin the season, Ken and Shannon, you guys were looking great. And I was looking terrible. But I, I would argue that you know I'm kind of in a good spot right now where your teams are falling back a little bit. Do you guys feel vulnerable of fans of your teams that you guys are losing the stronghold that you had to begin the season? Pistons were like two in the East for a while there, Shannon. Now they are you know fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, they had a seven uh, a seven game losing streak in there, so that that certainly did not help. Uh, no, I'm very I'm very comfortable with where the Pistons are at. I mean, considering that twelve games that you guys gave me or whatever, eleven, it's, you got it, eleven, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, it's not ridiculous. If you looked at the over unders <laughs> before the season, it was I was actually kind of giving doing you guys a favor. So, anyways, <laughs> I got eleven games, which means the. Pistons and, and Thunder, like I'm still very confident that I'll win that bet. They're basically the same, a similar record right now. I think the Pistons are one or two games better. But the Pistons, and are, I have those eleven games. Pistons are falling much harder than the Celtics are. They uh, won two of their last three. What are you talking about? The Pistons are on fire again. All right. I so. think I'm losing. I might be losing all of our wagers. You know, to find the eleven games, I had to dive into the wager file here. Uh, there's a stance socks bet. Over uh, Joel Embiid playing sixty games, uh, where uh, Shannon has the over. Uh, well, it's not yeah. looking very good for me now. Given is, I mean, he's sat multiple games since you know yeah. a week or two ago. We were talking about how amazing it is that he's playing so often, and since then he's that's been- he sat last so. night too. Yeah, and then the, the we have a because DJ doesn't like to throw big stakes. We have a milkshake wager on. Also, DJ's sixteen years old. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but Dennis Smith versus Lorenzo Ball. And uh, and I hate all things Lakers, so I was totally and I hate his dad, so I was a little biased there. So, what, uh, but uh, you have Ball, I have uh, Smith. Oh well, Smith injury. Who knows that? We'll, we'll, he's uh, back though. He's back. I, he yeah, Shannon will have well. to quantify. We'll get into that much later, or not much later, yeah. later on in the pod uh, for certain. But that bet is looking a little more interesting than it was to begin the season. So we'll keep tabs yeah. and update everybody as that goes along. Yes. Uh, in other news, gentlemen, Chris Paul. Ruled out for tonight versus the Clippers. You know, I, at first I was like, oh, that's too bad. It could have been kind of a revenge game, except for the Clippers don't have anyone playing that ever played with Chris Paul. I'm exaggerating a little, but they've got a pretty beat up lineup. Anyway, uh, Paul's out with a left ab- uh, adductor strain. Uh, so, uh, anyway, Chris Paul, do not put in your DFS lineups tonight. Gentlemen, uh, any thoughts on this Clippers Rockets mash unit matchup? I, I'm disappointed, obviously, right? Because yeah. for the first time in a couple of years, I, I mean, you know, aside from the Cavaliers, it feels like there's a real legitimate threat 
in the Western Conference mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. at least extend a series in the Western Conference Finals, if you will. So, uh, you know, we were hoping that we would see an awesome, awesome uh, late December matchup. That's not going to happen, and it's not meaningless, but it, it might as well be for who the personnel is going to be on the court. So it's a little disappointing, but let's be honest, guys. If we were running the Rockets, we'd be doing the exact same thing. There's oh, just yeah. no way to throw Chris Paul in harm's way. Harden and Paul have played excellently, excellently together when they've been on the mm-hmm. court at the same time. There's nothing that they need to figure out necessarily. I think they've got Paul's 32 down. years old. Yeah, they, no. they've got it all good to go. So, I mean, they're cruising. They're in the, the driver's seat in the Western Conference above the Warriors as it stands right now. And it's disappointing for the fans of the NBA. But you know what? It is a smart decision, and we just kind of got to suck it up, Shannon, and deal with it. Yeah, I mean, he, he was pulled in the fourth quarter of the what, mm-hmm. Tuesday or Wednesday game Wednesday, against the Lakers and did not yeah. return. So, you know, he's already ruled out for Friday. They're probably going to be pretty cautious with him, um, you know, similar to how they were earlier this year when he was injured. Um, they were Before that Lakers game, they were undefeated with Chris Paul in the lineup for the season. Insane. Uh, just insane, right, absolutely right, insane. Right. So uh, they're certainly going to just be cautious. Before with Kuzma them. blew up. Kuzma yeah. had that crazy thirty-eight point, I think, game. Yeah. Well, I, and I would argue if Chris Paul played more than twenty-five minutes, the Rockets probably would have stayed undefeated with him yeah. in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, but you know, for Friday, it just means Eric Gordon. He, he's Eric getting put back in the starting lineup. He was lights out uh, when Paul was uh, on the sidelines earlier this year. So that's who that's who I'm targeting, or if you've got him in a daily fifty four hundred Fanduel, he's already on my little price. my little picks Great for price. today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, gentlemen. So uh, don't play Chris Paul tonight. Uh, another news from last night: Toronto beat Philadelphia, but I want to point out Dario Saric with nearly a triple double: eighteen points, ten boards, nine assists, two steals, two blocks. He's been averaging seventeen points nine. Uh, boards and four assists with two trays made over the last five games while shooting 49% from the field and 92% from the line. It makes you wonder why the heck uh, earlier in the season the Sixers had him coming off the bench. He had five uh, games uh, as a reserve. Uh, uh, I got to check Dario's ownership, but uh, this shouldn't be a surprise, right? The guy's rookie of the year. Yeah, well, he was he the second place. Been, yeah, been should have been. Should have been. Sorry, over Malcolm Brogdon. You know what's yeah. interesting is the last week, guys, we talked about what player um, would you like to see traded away for fantasy purposes for somebody else to either step up or get traded away to another situation where they would see more fantasy value. None of us even sniffed Dario Saric, but it's kind of an interesting one where I think if he was playing for the Suns, um, you know the. Oh be huge yeah the hawks or something like that and consistently seeing 35 minutes a night like he does when Embiid is out and when some of the other counterparts of the Sixers are out uh, this guy's a really valuable when he's on the court it might get to a point where he says you know in a couple years like look guys I'm playing very very well I just don't want to be stuck behind you know somebody like Embiid or Simmons Um, you know hopefully he can stay locked in to an ancillary role because they'll be a very very good team if he's an ancillary player but for fantasy 
purposes. I think we need to start lusting after Saria, Sar, uh, Dario Saric finding a new role because he'd be a very, very good fantasy player. I, I don't. You think can we, tell DJ's lusting because he's, uh, he's tripping up on his words there. Seriously, right? yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think we have to go that far because he's been he's been pretty good since he was inserted back into the starting lineup. You know, in in early November, he's been pretty good since then. And even you know, even over the past eleven games, he's been averaging seventeen points, eight point eight rebounds, three point seven assists, one point eight threes. Like, there's absolutely he should be owned in ten, twelve team leagues. Like, there's no reason he should be on any waiver wire. Uh, he's, he's been a, stellar for for the past dozen games. So if Yahoo. he is if he is available, pick him up uh, without a yeah. doubt. Um, you know, the interesting part from last night's game is the nine assist, uh, which was a season high. He's actually a very underrated playmaker, underrated passer. He's very good. We saw flashes of it last year when the rest of the team was injured um, before Ben Simmons took over this season. Sarge is he's a damn good player and lots of fun to watch. So I, I, I'm keeping him on my team. I'm, I'm not worried about his production. Yes, it'll take a slight dip when Embiid gets back. Uh, but it's still going to have plenty of value. Sarich uh, owned in 77% of Yahoo League, so available in one out of four, uh, and qualifies at center in Yahoo. Uh, Yahoo's got some funny center qualifications. Yahoo's I should point pretty out. Pretty liberal with their. Pretty liberal in the center, yeah. I uh, should point out the two blocks for uh, Dario last night were his first blocks in the month of December. So not all of last night's stat line can be relied on, but uh, nice to see. All right, let's kick it into our broader topic of the day, the meat of the podcast, if you will, our rookie keeper rankings. Now, this only really works if we set some parameters for this gentleman, so let me do that here, and then uh, let's continue on with the exercise under these parameters. Let's just say we're in a true keeper league where you get to keep the player for as long as that guy is in the NBA, right? Um, and let's just go off of that, that standard. So we're not talking about over the next four years before his contract runs up in some keeper leagues like we play in and you have to extend them. Let's just say it's a true keeper league. You get to keep this player for as long as he plays in the NBA and mm. debate on that moving forward. Let's go around the table here. Shannon, you look like you're ready. Who's your number one? I mean, I think we all will agree who's number one, and I think we all actually will agree on who's number two as well. I don't um, know. Well, yeah, well, let's I, see. Yeah, I, Ben Simmons is easily the top option here. He's already a top 40 fantasy player. You know, as soon as he learns how to shoot, he's going to be even better. Uh, I I love everything Ben Simmons offers, and, and anyone who, who, who passes on Ben Simmons and picks a different rookie I think is foolish. His stat line, so I put this in the last rebound of rant, his stat line is frighteningly similar to Magic Johnson's rookie year with the Lakers. The only difference being the terrible free throw shooting. He's shooting 56, 58. I got to look that up. But terrible upper 50s from the free throw line. That's really his Achilles heel. You hope he can improve on that. Um, but everything else is Magic Johnson like. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh- I am not going to die on this hill at all. I completely agree that Ben Simmons is the guy in under this, you know, the 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 format that I laid out here that he he's the one to own and really in any other type of format. Like I don't I don't care if it's your traditional, you know, three contract year and then you have to decide to extend or whatnot. Like he's the guy immediately right now and going forward in the future. Um let's think about it though. Yes, he does need to improve at the line and yes, he needs to to develop a jumper, but LeBron never, you know, 
he still isn't that great at the line. He still doesn't have the, the nicest of jumpers. Incredibly valuable. There's lots of instances of guys that never quite get that pure shot down, but in terms of value, he, he's still right there at the top for this rookie class for me. You, you know, you're right, DJ. LeBron is no Nick Young from three-point line. He, okay, he's <laughs> only... Let it be, he's known, only, let it be only, known that you are the one to bring up Nick Young in this podcast while I, while I sat aside and you know bit my tongue. LeBron is only shooting a career-best 41% from downtown this year. I know, no, no. Hey, I'm I'm the biggest uh, Lebr- LeBron supporter here, but I mean, it's we were all kind of waiting for him to have a better shot over the course of his, his career. Admittedly, his free throws have been disappointing. He's at 79% career high this season. That's awesome too. Yeah, that's awesome too. So, uh, well, ben let's Simmons, move to the number two debate. Yeah, exactly. Ken, do you, like, would you like to uh, kick things off here? Well, DJ, you wrote, and I think I agree with this. I especially agree with this in the next two, three years, which is more pertinent to actual keeper leagues, but. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, Utah Jazz, and frankly, uh, a scoring leader that they desperately need on the Jazz. So it's not just talent. It's also fantastic opportunity for Donovan Mitchell. And I know on Shannon, he's on Shannon's uh, keeper squad in the Rotowire League. Yeah, I mean, Don, like I said, I thought that number one, two, number one was obvious, and I think the same for number two. Donovan Mitchell is having a historical rookie season. Um, the volume of shots that he's got as a rookie, if, if there's there's like only a handful of guys who've ever seen this kind of, of usage as a rookie uh, when it comes to shooting. Um, he, he already has a 40-point game. That's another thing. There's only a handful of dudes who have ever scored 40 points as a rookie, especially in like the last 30 years. Uh, I mean, right now, just based on what he's done through the first 30 games, he looks like he's going to be a perennial all-star with you know Hall of Fame upside by the end of his career. He just needs to stay healthy and grow from where he's at now. So, Ken, you'll have to forgive me, but the list that I have on our notes is not actually my personal list. It's just the list that came to my head. It's so, just names. So, so maybe that was like a Freudian way of doing the, the guys I think are most valuable, but I'm actually going to slot in Jason Tatum at number two. Oh! Now, now, listen here. Now, listen, now, you don't have to ask my forgiveness for that. Yeah, <laughs> but okay. Listen here, guys. Remember, remember the parameters here uh, of this. Who's exercise. leading the league in three-point shooting? The league, not rookies. The league. Exactly. So, Mitchell is awesome. He's great, but like his usage rate right now is about as high as it's ever going to be. You know, at any point in his career, because he's just getting the green light. I mean, he, they just don't have any other scores on this team. Yeah. You have to remember that Jason Tatum down. will not always be on a team with Al Horford. He will not always be on a team with Kyrie Irving. Jason Tatum will be the star of his team for a good uh, chunk of his career. And if we're looking at stat lines, purely stat lines, I don't think Mitchell is going to help you out as much as Tatum is across the board, especially when he's humming. I mean, Tatum is 19 years old. He's already getting you almost six rebounds, almost two assists, a full steal, full block, 1.53 pointers on 51% shooting and 83% from the line. For me, he is the clear number two over Mitchell. Mitchell's great, but he's been doing it by brute force. Tatum has done it in a specified role playing against or playing alongside two other stars. It's going to be very interesting to see how Tatum does next year when Gordon Hayward comes back. I mean, I, 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 I love his stats and we're talking DJ, you say at the beginning, it's the whole career, not just the next couple of years. Exactly. I, I have a hard time getting out of my keeper head. It's really just the next couple of years. But uh, um, I don't know. Yeah, he's, got, he's, got, he's only 19 as well. So he's got the whole package in a rookie year. 
And yeah, the steals and blocks are there that the casual fan doesn't notice. The great shot percentage from three-point range. And frankly, he might get even more catch-and-shoot easy three-pointers when Gordon Hayward comes back. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, you, you have him six on this list. I'd have him ahead of Dennis Smith. I frankly might have him ahead of Laurie Markkinen. Yeah, ignore those numbers. That's just yeah. a list of players. Um, should have done dots you know, instead one, of numbers. One and again. two are the only Sorry. ones that really really mean anything. But I, I, I would actually contend... Mitchell's usage rate is going to go up. Not only is his usage rate going to go up, his 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 efficiency is going to go up. He's already an elite free throw shooter. He's hitting eighty four percent as a rookie. He's only taking two and a half attempts per game. Once he gets once he gets the respect of officials, and if he's chucking up twenty shots a game, he's going to start going to the line seven eight times a game. That's going to add a good five six points to his total. I mean, at his peak, he he's also he's way he's more of a point guard. Than most people acknowledge, he's already getting one and a half steals per game, two point three three pointers. Like this dude's going to be twenty five five and five with two steals and two and a half threes at his peak. He's like absolutely elite, top ten fantasy player, and I would easily slot him as the number two keeper. I'm not sure you're factoring in all the Joe Ingles jumpers. <laughs> those are assists, brothers. <laughs> I know it's a joke. Yeah, those are assists exactly. Those so, are Ingles assists. Jump, so then, you're not, is it fair to say that that's the top three? Like, we can go back and forth between who's two and who's three, Tatum no. and Mitchell, but you're not going to slot Mitchell. I mean, can you? did you look at Tatum's stat line? Just, I mean, just like... I, Tatum's awesome. I love okay. Tatum. Who, I'm very high on he's Tatum. He's doing this with Horford and Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is a ball hog. Listen, there's plenty of, of guys we haven't talked about yet who are great, who are great, have great futures. Guys who, you could argue, could be number one on this list that we haven't even talked about yet. Now... No, I don't have Tatum three. I have him four. Before him, I have Kyle Kuzma. Wow. No. Wow. You know, here's this is the the problem with Kuzma and Balls. They both have huge Achilles heels. Kuzma just doesn't get any steals or blocks. Like great score, but just no steals or blocks. And then Ball will just. I don't think he'll ever learn to shoot. Shannon, I'm gonna make an accusation of you right now. Ooh. You're a prisoner of the moment. No. Again, it's a tough exercise because we're talking about the next 15 years. But, I mean, the fact that Kuzma went out and scored 38, 25, and 20 over his last three is awesome. It's great. It's fantastic. But he's not doing – he hasn't done it consistently over the season yet to to prove to me that he's going to do it over the course of his career. He's averaging 17.5 points per game, 6.5 rebounds, and he just went out as a rookie and poured in 38 points. He's a perfect fit in today's NBA. I I, Listen, I hear you. I'm not saying that the recent stretch by by Kuzma hasn't influenced my decision here. A week ago, I probably I would have absolutely said Tatum. Kuzma probably would have been three, four slots, if not more, further down. Hmm. But after seeing him pour in 38 points like that, the fact that he's already averaged 17.5, go back year to year and look at rookies who have scored 38 points in a game, or look at rookies who have averaged 17 and a half games or 17 and a half points per game, and you're going to see elite perennial all-star talent who's doing that as a rookie that's why i'm high on kuzma mm. 0.3 steals a game though i, I just care. can't get over the utter lack of steals uh, yeah i mean we're talking about it from a fantasy perspective and i'm going to keep going back to tatum and that he's already filling it up across the board again for a power forward eligible guy i think that the, the what tatum brings to the table is more valuable than mitchell than um than kuzma right now again it's, gonna it's just be 
a, the, a blast to figure this out over the next 15 yeah. years. But It's just when we see the type of production we're seeing from Kuzma and Mitchell, those guys turn into perennial all-stars. The type of production that we see from Tatum, which is great, and Tatum is probably going to be great. He's probably going to be a perennial all-star. But that type of production you see from rookies all the time, and then they end up being the seventh man in a rotation. So, we, I mean, it's different. What Kuzma and Mitchell are doing is different. Could, could Tatum do that if given the same role as those two players? Probably. I'm not going to sell him short there. But, but I'm seeing it with Mitchell and Kuzma right now. Ken, I want well, to set the table so, here Certainly in a typical keeper league, the opportunity for Kuzma and Mitchell the next two, three years is much better than Tatum's situation. Right. Let me set the table here for you, Ken. So we've got, regardless of the order, we've, we've got these names off the table. So we've got Simmons, Mitchell, Kuzma, and Tatum. Is there anybody rema- of the remaining rookies that you think deserves some mentioning in that group, Ken? Or do you think that that's a solid top four? Because I think Shannon and I are willing to say that's a solid top four, and everybody yeah. right now is on the outside looking in. Is there anybody else that you think deserves mentioning within those four group? I agree on the top four. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, I am very intrigued by the shot blocking ability of John Collins in Atlanta. So I'm curious to see. I think the rebounds and points are always going to be there. But if he gets to that kind of young Serge Ibaka uh, block level, um, he could be a real gem. And talk about opportunity. That team's terrible, and he's only going to get more and more opportunity to blossom. I'm, I'm with you, Ken. I'm super high on Collins, and I think an argument can be made that you can put him in that five to six range. Um, I don't know if you would. We're still like there's so many guys who we haven't mentioned, like top five, top top six, seven, eight picks from this year's past draft that we haven't even mentioned yet, and we're already talking about Kuzma, who was end of the first round. Donovan Mitchell was like pick number fourteen, uh, yeah. and now John Collins, another guy in that fifteen range. Like there, there are other dudes who were much more highly touted coming into the season that we haven't talked about. But I, We haven't I, even said Fultz's name, though. I think Fultz, his opportunity is terrible. Ball. We have not said Dennis Smith. You know, yeah, Alonzo eh, Ball can't shoot. And well, I think those three are the next three, right? Like, <laughs> yes. Um, and let's, let's look at Lonzo Ball's stats again. You mean Ricky Rubio? You mean exactly. Ricky Rubio? And I'm so glad you brought that up because if you have ever liked Rubio at any point in his career, especially from a fantasy perspective, then you should feel the exact same way about Lonzo Ball because Lonzo Ball is honestly filling it up in the counting stats when it comes to his percentages. He's terrible. Rubio has done the exact same thing. So in his rookie season, again, let me reiterate, his rookie season, Lonzo Ball is shooting 34% from the field, 50% from the line. Ricky Rubio, much of the same ilk over the course of his career. Um... But again, if, if you're we're willing to tank or if that doesn't mean as much for whatever type of league you play in, Lonzo Ball definitely deserves to be in kind of that next group of keeper league rookies that we should start talking about. Dennis Smith, Markel Fultz, um, probably the next three, right? And then is there anybody else that you know deserves mentioning, Shannon, in that second group of rookies that we're talking about right now, which just happened to all three B point guards? Yeah, I mean, Ball, I think Ball would be the next guy I would mention. I, I know everyone is aware of his flaws, but what he is doing is actually, like like you guys mentioned, the, the Ricky Rubio comp is very good. But what Ball is doing, I would argue, is more impressive than what Rubio did early in his career. I mean, Rubio's never been a volume three-point shooter like Ball already is. And yes, he's shooting 27%, but he's still hitting over a three and a half per game. Um, you know, there's going to be improvements with his shot. I think they're going to retool it in the off season. Um, he's, he's great on defense, you know, 1.4 steals, one block per game. Rubio uh, had, I, I, so I actually compared the two in my rebound and rant. 
Rubio had 2.2 steals yeah. his rookie year yeah. to uh, Ball's 1.4. Ruby's all, Rubio's always been a really great really great against steals it's the blocks that i like from ball it, it's yeah. this, you know you've got some steals not as good as rubio but then you're also getting blocks but seven rebounds seven assists there you know like i said one and a half three pointers the percentages are horrible those will improve so you know even if we we just see slight improvements you know he gets up to 42 percent from the floor and 34 percent from from downtown there's going to be improvements and then then all of a sudden he's averaging 15 eight and eight with with you know two and a half to three steals and blocks combined, that's a damn good fantasy player. Rubio was a little better than the line, from the line that I'm giving him credit for. Actually, he's he's been very good at yes. the line. However, Ball gets the edge when it comes to blocks, like you said, Shannon, by a wide margin. So by a wide wide margin, Rubio gets the nod in free throw percentage, but by a wide margin, Ball gets it in blocks. You know, resulting in a very similar type of fantasy player um, because you're just destroyed in field goal percentage from both of those guys. But it's it's obvious. I think you guys would agree. It's obvious that Ball's upside is well beyond what Rubio has produced so far. Yeah, I think right now. I mean, he's well, at this already, point, Rubio Rubio is what he Rubio yeah. is is right. what he is, and the Ball has the chance of improving his shot. But Rubio also proves that you can't just assume every. But he's going to shoot better. I'd point it. Look at Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart. Those guys are still shooting upper thirties when it was just assumed they'd learn how to shoot at the NBA level. It doesn't you just can't assume it's going to happen? An argument could be made for Ball being number one on this list, and and I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to throw out a hot take. But let's say you don't believe Simmons will ever will ever be able to have a good jump shot. He never never develops that but you believe Ball will, then you could easily argue that Ball could be, has the highest upside of any of these guys. Um, so it's, we, we are you know, not too encouraged by what we've seen from Ball, um, but there's still, you know, his shooting's bad, but there's so much else that there, there that is, holds value in fantasy. All right, so that concludes group number two since we have kind of organically started to go group by group. Um, so as a reminder, group two was Dennis Smith, Lonzo Ball, Markel Fultz. Fultz is still a really good player. Obviously, we have to wait, but you know, there's still a lot to like about him. Um, we don't need to get into it because we just haven't seen any tape on him, but he still de- is deserving of being in that group too because, again, we're talking about the whole course of his career. Group number three, gentlemen, I think the only one that I'm willing to say definitely deserves to be in this next group is Laurie Markkinen. Um, He has surprised me. He was not a good rebounder in college, and he has come to the NBA and has actually been a better rebounder in the NBA than he was in college. So that just kind of says a lot about the scheming that was going on in Arizona, perhaps more than um, Markkinen's ability to rebound. He's at 7.7, which is perfectly, perfectly acceptable for a rookie who is power forward eligible and extends the court from beyond the line shannon who's who's another player that deserves to be in that marketing group in the group three yeah i mean in this third group i agree marketing i you could actually argue marketing should be four or five on the list um i i think you could do the same with john collins De'Aaron fox these guys like collins and marketing have shown a lot and, and if if they were unleashed for 32 minutes per game and they have their natural progression you know as second and third and fourth year players you know, they could easily be top five keepers of this entire group. You could have them above Lonzo Ball and Fultz and Smith. So I, I love all of those guys long term. I think they have great potential. I would probably, I actually like Collins a little bit more in Markkinen, um, but I, I also think they're both going to be top 50 fantasy players once they hit their prime. 
So I agree that right now Collins deserves to be in this third group. I'm not totally convinced like I am for Markinen that and and Fox. Um what I've seen out of Markinen and Fox believes or leaves me to believe that they're they're going to be, you know, valuable over the course of their careers. I'm not so certain that when Collins starts getting better players around him that he, you know, could potentially be phased out of a rotation or to the back end of a rotation. But right now, again, you know, I feel like I'm a prisoner to the moment because I really don't know. I, I don't feel like I have enough tape to judge him on, you know, where does he actually stack up in, you know, an above average NBA team. But right now, you know, I, I'm fully willing to put him in that third group. De'Aaron Fox is... Well, and he also missed a decent chunk of time to injury exactly. too. So shorter time to watch him yeah so i think deserving of group three but if he were to fall fall out over the course of his career to the back end of a rotation like a trevor booker guy or something like that uh kylo quinn it wouldn't terribly surprise me De'Aaron fox i i have liked a lot that guy is just a lightning bolt on the court i think when he starts to figure things out and he can start to strategically use his speed instead of just like you know using it with brute force he, he'll be very interesting shannon but I, uh, but well i'm sorry to interrupt this ken but uh is Sacramento just a career killer? Like, is he ever going to get the coaching and atmosphere that a rookie needs? You know, are we ever going to see a rookie out of Sacramento? I guess you could say Boogie Cousins, of course, but I feel like that's that in some ways just dooms. It's like getting drafted by the Browns. Well, I think exactly like that. Yeah, but I, <laughs> we're only thirty games in. We're going to see things change. I, you know, George Hill isn't happy in Sacramento. I think that roster. There's gonna why? Be some why did change. George Hill sign in? in why did Sacramento, Sacramento make no sign sense George to Hill? It doesn't make sense right. for either side. Why did he? Right? Well, I get to actually get Sacramento doing it. They're like good locker room guy can coach the youngsters. We desperately need some leadership on this roster. But if, if you're George Hill. And you've had experience in Sacramento and other quality organizations. Why you want to spend time in Sacramento is utterly beyond me. I agree. I agree. But I, I, I'm not going to give up on De'Aaron Fox. I think he's going to have long-term fantasy potential. I think we'll see it in the back half of this season because I do think that roster is going to change for the Kings somewhat. You know, Whether that means George Hill's out, I, I don't know. But I think there's going to be some changes there. Um, and we'll just see natural growth. I, th- I think you know the kid's only 20. Um, so there's just been there's some rawness to his game, but I think we're going to see improvements. Um, one thing I want to mention about John Collins is he has a higher PER than any of the guys we've talked about today. Wow. Any of them, he has the he leads rookies in PER with twenty one point one four. You do need to watch more tape, DJ, because I th- I think he's totally legit. Um, if they unleashed him for thirty minutes a game this season. He would be he would be at like fifteen and twelve with two blocks per game this year. He's just he's an athletic freak. I think he's really good around the basket. Sixty um, percent for the field helps. Yeah, yeah. I'm su- I'm super excited. I mean, he's not he's not the the stretch big man that you see a lot. You know, right. with, with a lot of these guys, um, but he's athletic and he can. I just I think his upside's pretty high. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. I, I just wonder with with the type of player he is, um, you know, can can he find his way to significant minutes over the course of his career for the type of player he is, where the league is trending? And given that we've only seen so little of him on a, a team with, you know, frankly, not many good players at all, it, you know, that's that's the one question mark I have. But uh, again, I, I think he should be in that third group. Now, I don't even want to do groups anymore, guys. I just want to read off the rest of the names and you tell me just you know mention one or two of these guys that you're you would pick over basically the litter here so let me let me list them off and then ken i'll come to you with the player that you if you could pick out of this group 
who you would want Boy. for the rest of their career. <laughs> Get ready. Stra- strap in here. Josh Jackson, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Malik Monk, Frankie Smokes, Jordan Bell, Jonathan Isaac, Dylan Brooks, Zach Collins, OG Ananubi, TJ Leaf, and DJ Wilson. None of them super excite me, but I, I think... Your silence is perfect, Ken. Say, yeah. say no more. That is perfectly fine. <laughs> the big shocks here, right, uh, Shannon, would be Josh Jackson for sure, uh, Malik Monk for sure. A lot of people, um, when we did our roundtable article, I think a lot of people thought that Malik Monk was going to have the season that Donovan Mitchell is having right now where he could light sure. it up, get catch on fire. That has not happened. Travion Graham and MCW has seen more minutes and more mm. uh, value from Coach Steve Clifford. Uh, Jonathan Isaac. Because and, the future is MCW. Right. It's just insane. So that's – it's really damning for Malik Monk so far. I mean, the problem is you can't have him and Kemba Walker on the court at the same time, essentially. Like, sure. that, that Clifford's already said as much. Like, we can't have him be a shooting guard because mm-hmm. he can't play defense. He can't guard shooting guards. That's the case with many rookies. So, Shannon, if I keep that question to you, um, it, let me guess. I, I, I would say Isaac or Frankie Smokes? No, no. No? It's, it's, it's Josh Jackson, all right? Okay. Now, now, Josh Jackson has had a historically bad rookie season. Um, he <laughs> yes. has a usage rate of only over 20. Um, of the, like, 120 NBA players who have that usage rate, no, none have shot have a true shooting percentage lower than Josh Jackson. Um, he's been really bad and it's, it's to be determined how well he fits in today's NBA because he's one of those guys who can play like basically four positions, but he also can't hit three pointers yet. Um, he's not great from the free throw line. Uh, he takes a lot of bad shots. He forces things. So I just think with you know the Suns, the Suns are kind of get one of those lineups like the Magic, where everyone's a tweener, but no one's good at a particular right, position. Right. Yep. Exactly. But I, I'm willing to give Jackson some credit here, um, based on his talent. I mean, his skill level made a lot of people peg him as the top talent in the NBA draft this past season. He dropped to four to the Suns. Um, he needs time, so that's why he's not up. I mean, base preseason we would have had him top five on this list. So now we have him like not even cracking the top ten. We have him. He's he's going to end up being like eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, depending on your belief in his long term viability. I still believe there's going to be something there. It's just going to take longer than what we'd hope for it to develop. Yeah, I think that's a great breakdown. You take Josh Jackson over the others because of where. Not only us as a fantasy community, but the NBA itself had Josh Jackson only, what, four months ago? So so just going off of that, um, you'd rather take your chances, and I under- totally understand that with him over you know any of these other guys who haven't really shown it on the court, right. and they never showed it at any point during their collegiate or you overseas know, career. You know, you talk about a team that could use a George Hill. Obviously, the Suns aren't going anywhere, but need like someone – a veteran who could teach the rest of the young players on that team. George Hill seems like a much better fit and a little more of a true point guard relative to the other guards they've got in Phoenix. George Hill needs to go back to the Spurs and be their starting point guard for the rest of the season. Well, yeah, that yeah, would that be would, great too. Yeah. That would be awesome. But you know what? Can they do have that guy? It's Jared Dudley, and he's about as good as it gets from a, a mentor of a young team. I mean, he Jared Dudley is is the man when it comes to that, and that's why he's on an NBA roster purely for that reason. 
Yeah, but he can't run the point. Like, I mean, no, I know he'll, not on the court, but just on off the courts right. and you know, kind of corralling guys, making sure they you know leave establishments yeah. at a certain time every night. Jared Dudley is that guy for sure. I mean, I feel like you know one of the big misses of the process was, and Jerry Bayless for about two days was supposed to be that guy, but they never had a point guard. When you're young in the NBA, you need. You don't need an amazing point guard, but you need a, a decent NBA point guard who can set you up for shots. If you're always having to create your shots as a rookie, that's just kind of a recipe for being lost. And I look at like the utter lack of a point guard in the, in the Sixers the last few years, the mess at point guard in Phoenix for for crazy reasons. Right? I just think well, let's no wonder all the point guards they had, they had Goran Dragic, yeah. they had Eric Bledsoe, they had Brandon right. Knight, they had Isaiah Thomas. I mean, they could have, you know, like all those, those are a pretty good point guards. Been, yeah. <laughs> they had many, many options to choose from. I think Brandon Knight is that guy and Eric Bledsoe was supposed to be that guy, Ken. I think you're right and they yeah. knew that. The Sixers did not though. That's a really interesting philosophy because for the duration of that, maybe they should have had somebody like a Jared Bayless there the whole time during the process. Nah, it's worked out perfectly for the Sixers, though, because they have Ben Simmons running point, and, he, and the, the veteran guy is Redick. So I, I don't, I, the Sixers are fine. They weren't ready last year anyways or the year before, but they have that veteran guy now, and they're ready to make that leap. So I think uh, timing's worked out well for them. For the Suns, I think the offense is going to run through Booker, and he's the de facto point guard. What they really need at point is, is someone who can hit threes and stretch the floor because right now Booker's the only guy who's in the starting lineup that hits threes. Um, I, I mean, if you have a three-point three shooter at point, um, then you can have Booker and him but that both stretch the floor, and you can afford to play Josh Jackson at the, at the three. But right now... I mean, Josh Jackson's just another guy who can't hit threes. Ken, it's going to be your time to shine in about 30 seconds, but let me recap what we just talked about here. In Group 1 for Rookie Keeper Rankings, clearly Ben Simmons is number one. Joining him in that Group 1, though, is Donovan Mitchell, Kyle Kuzma, Jason Tatum. Listener, you decide what order you want. We gave us your t- our, our takes. In that next Group 2, all three point guards, Dennis Smith, Lonzo Ball, Markel Fultz. Group 3, Laurie Markkinen, John Collins, and De'Aaron Fox. Of the rest, uh, we seem to agree that Josh Jackson would be the one to take the flyer on, but who's to say um, over the course of all those guys' career? Ken, why don't you give us your crazy old man rant? I have a holiday rant and revelation. The rant, uh, I hate Christmas music in November, and the reason I hate it is because now it's not even Christmas yet, and I'm tired of Christmas music hate all you evil retailers and people who play Christmas music in November. It's not giving Thanksgiving uh, the, the recognition it deserves. Makes me super angry. But, you know, here's a happy old man Ken revelation. And I'm not, I want you two to seriously give this a try. Make your own eggnog. My daughter and wife found some crazy recipe where you heat up eggs and milk and you strain it and you add stuff. And I don't know what they did. They made their own eggnog. Of course, the daughter's not drink, putting alcohol in her eggnog, but uh, um, it was awesome. You have to let it sit overnight. I don't know what, you know, I think Epicurious or something. But try making your own eggnog. It's a thousand times better than the garbage in the pre-mixed uh, cartons. I had homemade eggnog this past weekend. I was at a party, and they made it. It was pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, uh, not as yeah. thick. Not as thick as the, the stuff you buy. Um, but yeah, Ken, I'm with you. I, 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 whatever. I'm not going to get into too much. We definitely get our Christmas music. I'll also Christmas say bur- 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 bourbon over rum. 
bourbon over rum there in you the go. Um, it's time, though, for a special edition of Crazy Old Man Rant, where Shannon, the junior uh, old man yes. on this podcast trio, would like to try his hand <laughs> at uh, ranting about something he has found displeasure <clears throat> in society today. Shannon, take it away. <sighs> Today's NBA assists are fake. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. You see all these guys like LeBron and Lonzo Ball and Ben Simmons rack up these impressive assist stat lines, and it's all fake as hell. These guys, they throw a pass, their teammate catches it, does five pump fakes, dribbles the ball eight times, and then scores, and they credit that player with an assist. It's mind-blowing to me. If you have to do anything after catching the ball, if you have to dribble it, if you have to dribble, if you have to do 10 head fakes, make a bunch of post moves, it's not an assist. The assist should lead directly to a bucket, not some other action before the bucket. I mean, LeBron's assist rate this season is at a career high. It's like 41%, and, and it's been a huge jump the past two years. You can look at other assist rates throughout the NBA. There's been a huge jump. People have done studies on this before, and, and the, you know sometimes the, the trend, it's certainly gone up somewhat, um, but all you got to do is watch the tape. Watch the damn tape. Go look at assists in today's NBAs. It's even the same thing happens in college where you got that that kid. Who's the kid on Oklahoma? The Steph Curry 2.0. Trey Hield? No, no, no. This oh, this year? I have no kid. idea. Trey somebody, all right? Okay. Trey Young or whatever his name is. He had 22 assists the other day. But like 22? 22 assists. Oh my like gosh. tied tied a college wow. record. 22 assists for the Sooners and like five of them I would say weren't assists. Mm. At least five. Uh, so it just blows my mind. I I wish it were back like it was in the eighties, where if you if you you only get the assist if you catch it and score. You know, it could be one or two steps to the hoop if it's on a fast break. That's fine, but but all this business about dribbling around and then getting credit for assists, screw that. Ken, you better have a tight grip on your old man rocker. This guy's coming for it. Um, <laughs> these guys talked about stuff they don't like, but I'm Trey Young, tell by you, the way, Trey Young at uh, Oklahoma. There you go. But yes. I'm running out of good rants, so I'm more than happy to have some uh, help at the, at the rant. And Shannon's pretty close to my oldness, so yeah. They're, they're going to start rewarding hockey assists in the NBA. Yeah. They might. Oh, God. All right. uh, sadly, you know, so I also covered this in the rant because Shannon and I were, were he was complaining to me, uh, texting me about bad assists, and there was an article on Deadspin about it. Um, the official NBA assist definition I really thought it would mention something about whether or not the score dribbles or not. But actually, in the official definition, it's just if you help someone else score. Um, it's open it does for not, interpretation. Yeah. It's way open for way too much interpretation. And it seems like, okay, I, I get like that one little quickie dribble while you pause to have a defender fly by you. But more than one dribble, that's just crazy to have that count as an assist. It is interesting. All right. We're done talking about stuff we don't like. Let's talk about stuff we definitely, definitely like. Let's kick it off by talking about FanDuel, the fantasy basketball for everyday fans. New contest starting every day. That means no busted seasons. There's something for everyone. Lots of contests to choose from starting at just $1. All you do is pick a contest, select your players, and watch your score in real time. We love FanDuel so much. We're going to devote the whole next segment talking about our Friday FanDuel picks. We're 
three of over two and a half million players that have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW. Void where prohibited. Guys, I want to kick things off on our Friday FanDuel picks with a question, and I'll kick it off to Shannon. Um, I know that you, Shannon, have been using Kevin Durant readily since Steph Curry has been out of the lineup. Most recently, he went over to Memphis. We paid a bunch of money for him, and he did not perform in that 70 FanDuel point range like he had been previously, but... Curry won't be playing tonight. Um, They're going to have another depleted squad, it seems like. Do you think Kevin Durant can bounce back and give us another 60-plus, 70-plus FanDuel uh, outing tonight? Or should we look elsewhere? No, I'm I'm riding Durant tonight. I think he bounces back. I mean, mean, one, the the game against... Revenge game. Yeah, yeah, revenge game against the Lakers. I mean, he he just posted 71 fancy points against the Lakers a few days ago. That was right before the Memphis game. And they lost... we knew the Memphis game was going to be slower paced anyways. The The only thing I'm watching with Kevin Durant is if Draymond Green returns. Yeah, That makes me on him a little bit less. I, I don't know if I'll, I'll move off of him completely. Uh, I think but, if Green returns, though, he sees 20 or less minutes. They're not going to shove him in there for a full. They're, they've been super conservative with him. Yeah, that that's certainly a possibility. I think, I think it depends on how competitive a game it is as well. I mean, the Lakers... They're they're hit or miss. They have been pretty competitive this season against good teams, but this game is in Gold Golden State, so I think it's going to be a pretty easy win for 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 the Warriors. But yeah, I do. I like I like Durant tonight. As long as Curry's out, he's a solid player. All right, we already talked about Eric Gordon, fifty four hundred dollars going up against the Clippers. No Paul, um, and of course the Clippers have been banged up. Ken, who's your other pick? I know you already had Gordon, um, but I, I see you have another pick here for us. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm going back to the well on Kelly Oubre, uh, Otto Porter game time decision. So if Porter is healthy, a go, I might make a change. But as of right now, Oubre at 4,400 against the fast paced Brooklyn Nets. Uh, maybe I'm a broken record. I'm pushing people uh, in the Nets games, but uh, Oubre at 4,400 sure lets you afford guys like a Kevin Durant. I can even get John Wall as my point guard uh, if I put Oubre at small forward. Now I, I've got a question for you, DJ. Oh, another, right. we've been on another team that that's been dealing with injuries. So Aaron Gordon and Fournier are both doubtful for for tonight's game. Are you going back to the well? Or are you hitting up those magic players again? Jonathan Simmons would be the guy that I go to. Um, Vucevic as well, although his price tag. Let me check it real quick. If 90, it's ninety nine hundred, so it has actually stayed where it was. Um, last time all those guys were hurt and it rose to that amount. So I don't know, like if it had dipped back down after those guys returned for a couple games, I, I might be interested, but I think Simmons is, is the clear winner here. Although Vucevic <laughs> certainly did show us that with the other guys off the court, he, you know, his usage rate is going to go crazy high. Um, Simmons is the one I feel most confident about then Vucevic, then Alfred Payton. And I barely feel confident about Alfred Payton. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got Vooch in my lineup. Um, it's going to be – they're going up against Pelicans. It's the second highest over-under for the night. Um, so it's going to be a high-scoring game. Love Vooch, even at that price. He actually Do you, he, he actually went above 10K earlier this week, so he's dipped a little bit. Yeah, sorry to interrupt, but you know, I, I love Vucevic, and usually he can have his way with opposing defenders – 
But he's looking across the way at Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, and that intimidates me away from Vucevic a lot. Yeah. Does it Especially for you? as the second most expensive center in the night. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't scare me away from him. Um, I am gonna. I haven't div- dived into the data for um, opposing centers against the Pelicans, but that's something I'll, I'll do look that. at. I'll do that now. Yeah. Um, you know, I also like Hazonia. Um, he's forty four hundred. He jumped. He jumped up over five thousand after one of his big games, but he's posted two forty point efforts in scenarios like we'll see tonight. You know, assuming Fournier and, and Gordon are both out, he's gonna get twenty five to thirty minutes. And it depends. It depends if his shot's falling, whether or not he's going to hit a high point total. But the upside's there. You guys, I just committed a rookie mistake when it comes to analyzing fantasy lineups and daily fantasy lineups because I went off of name recognition without actually looking at the stats. And so you think of Anthony Davis, you think of DeMarcus Cousins, and it's like, wow, stay away, stay away. Actually, so far uh, this season, the Pelicans are one of the worst teams when it, ter- when it comes to giving up fantasy points to the center position. In fact, let's see, where did they go? I lost them. They, yeah, their I bottom mean, half, depending if you're playing, you know, depending on what type of site you're playing on, um, they definitely are bottom half in the league. And on some sites, they're actually uh, the second worst yeah, the past five games we show them as the fourth worst right. um, against opposing centers. So I, I'm not I'm not that worried. I know that Anthony Davis and Demarcus Cousins rack up stats and, and blocks, but that doesn't mean that they're great at stopping opposing centers from racking up fantasy points. All right, gentlemen, I think that's going to conclude it. Best of luck to all of you out there playing on FanDuel tonight. And thanks so much for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by FanDuel. Ken, why don't you get us out of here? Yeah, uh, first of all, my beautiful bride heard my rant and just handed me a huge beer stein full of eggnog with bourbon. God bless America. Uh, Number two, we're going to go old school here. Gene Shue. You guys remember Gene Shue, one of the worst haircuts in the NBA. Player and coach. Coach the Bullets. Uh, I don't know what team he was complaining about here, but one day he said, probably in the mid-80s, the way my team is going, we could get Will Chamberlain in a trade and find out he's really two midgets scotch taped together. Attention passengers, this three-car fantasy train has hit the end of the line. <laughs> Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.